just when you thought we might be done for the time being with synodality, we get a new story from the U.S. bishops that we are, in fact, not done with it, at least temporarily. And I saw a few people comment on social media about this a little bit, but it was a story that got lost in the big quote-unquote clarification of fiducia supplicants that came out this past weekend. And as a consequence, the story kind of got lost in the headlines. So we're going to talk about that today. We have an opportunity before us, folks, to, if you can get involved in this process that they've just announced, to actually have an opportunity to speak truth to the bishops, to, to make very basic demands of them that they defend the faith in this time of rampant error. It's a hard ask, but if you feel up to the task, find out how you can get involved in this. With that having been said, headline from Pillar Catholic, U.S. dioceses asked to hold new round of synodal listening sessions. More dialogue, more conversations. At least these will be somewhat structured. The There are some specific topics they want people to discuss, and we'll talk about those here in a second. They're very critically important topics, ones that show the playbook of the modernists in Rome, what they want to do to the church Christ founded. Because apparently, the way he founded the church and the way it has developed organically over time is not good enough for them anymore. We now need the wisdom of the modern world and its governing structures and things to guide the church into a bright new era. Again, when they talk about synodality, they talk about the church, they now talk about it as the synodal church and how to sing a new church. They talk about new churches all the time. It's the kind of language that should put us on our guard. It's serious language, and we should not put up with it. But again, this represents a good opportunity for us if you can get in one of these sessions. Remember to demand that your bishop take a firm stand against especially that blessing decree, but some other things as well. But here's what's happening. Quote, The bishops of the United States are being asked to host several additional listening sessions in the upcoming months as part of the next stage of the Church's Synod on Synodality. The listening sessions are asked to focus on the role of structures and organizations in the Church and will need to be completed and synthesized by early April. The request was made in a January 2nd letter to the U.S. bishops from Bishop Daniel Flores of Brownsville, chairman of the U.S. Bishops Committee on Doctrine and coordinator of the USCCB's role in the worldwide synodal process. In the letter, a copy of which was obtained by the pillar, Flores says the listening sessions should focus on two questions from the USCCB, based on guidance from the Permanent Secretariat for the Synod of Bishops in Rome. Quoting the letter, Where have I seen or experienced successes and distresses within the Church's structures, slash organization, slash leadership, slash life that encourage or hinder the mission? And, how can the structures and organization of the church help all the baptized to respond to the call to proclaim the gospel and to live as a community of love and mercy in Christ? End quote. Sounds innocent enough, doesn't it? But it's actually, at least to me, this is something to be very concerned about. And here's why. Synodality has, what we from everything we saw at that big meeting in October, it's been about the total restructuring of the Catholic Church. Decentralization is how the modernists get what they want. They remember everybody went into the synod expecting to hear 
proposals for deaconettes and James Martin blessings. Francis unilaterally did the James Martin blessings himself and doubled down on it last week. We expected a lot of these kinds of things. But what we got was a lot of talk of decentralization, a lot of process, with the goal, as stated by the Synod itself, to have doctrine determined by the laity in decentralized manners. We've seen this in practice already with the inclusion now of lay people heading some dicasteries or having key positions in dicasteries in the Roman Curia for the first time in history. The laity, the worst catechized ge generation in the history of the church, are going to be asked to be in charge of or have a very real say on doctrine. And doctrine is not that far from dogma. What will that mean in practice? The modernists have been promising us for a very long time that we are going to have deaconettes. I don't call them deaconesses because the deaconess evolved into what we call nuns today. What they want is a non-ordained, what they say, non-ordained, but we know what happens when they get that, ministry run by women to assist priests in the church. We already sort of have that anyway. All you have to do is pay attention to how your parish is run. How often do you, if you are familiar with parish councils, look at who operates those. Look who dominates your parish council. Most of the time, they're women. Look at who's often setting the tabernacle or the altar up for if you're at the new mass and setting, uh, setting up the pews and making sure the various liturgical books are where they need to be in the pews for mass. It's usually the women, oftentimes in most ordinary form parishes. What they want is to impose on us something new, a new novel structure, a midpoint as Tim Gordon has been describing in his own on his channel, a midpoint deacon position. It'll be non-ordained on paper, but we know what that's meant to lead to. And they're going to get as close to non-ordained to being ordained as possible while maintaining that it's non-ordained, but it's meant to open that door in the future for ordination to be expanded, to be in line with secular values. But how will this new synodal meeting work for those who might be interested in trying to get in and oppose this restructuring of the church? Back to the article. Quote, The general guidance from the Secretariat is twofold, Flores said in his letter. We are invited to hold discernment sessions regarding the guiding question in order to help prepare a USCCB summary due, due to the Secretariat in May 2024, he said. Further, we are encouraged to continue ongoing agreement, engagement with the people of God and the dynamism of a synodal style. Is that even English? <laughs> to respond to these questions, Flores said, the U.S. Synod team is asking that each diocese in the United States hold two or three listening sessions and prepare a three to five page synthesis of the discussion at those sessions. The synthesis of the listening sessions should be sent to the USCCB by April 8th, Flores said. The diocesan synthesis documents will then be summarized for the Secretariat. Dioceses also have the option of including a two-page testimony of best practices for synodality developed in the dioceses, Flores added. The USCCB will also be holding national-level listening sessions, Flores added. These will examine the topics of vocations, social justice, and participation. He also noted that there will be a national working group for diocesan synod leaders. 
I am most grateful for your assistance with this matter, Flores said in his letter. We all know time is short, but even modest efforts at the local level can bear much fruit. Let us do what we can, as well as we can, and trust the Lord to accomplish what we can foresee, end quote. It's worth reminding ourselves here at this point that the Catholic Church is not a human institution. Yes, it's an institution made up of human beings, but human beings did not found the Catholic Church. It was founded by, our, by the second person of the Holy Trinity. It was founded by God himself on the Rock of Peter and has been governed by human beings. But it's not, a, strictly speaking, a human institution. It is a divine institution. And to tinker with how it is run, with its formal structures, is a very, very dangerous thing to do. The institution has itself evolved over time. We know this simply by the fact that the Catholic Church, once it emerged from the catacombs in the 4th century, was able to start doing charity work and forming organizations for that, especially in the uh, aftermath of the collapse of Rome and other things throughout history. The organization, of course, changed, but it did so organically. This is not organic. This is going to be a top-down change by using the laity as a shield. Because at the synodal listening sessions, one of the things you're going to notice, especially if you paid attention to the big meeting in Rome this past October, yes, there were laity, but there were also cardinals. They were all hand-picked. They will help direct these discussions. And the laity will be used as an instrument to change the church in the to in something new into the image and likeness of the modernists. It is what I call the ape of the church. Don't be surprised, by the way, if one of the things that emerges from these synodal listening sessions is this concept that the um, conclaves, you know, how we elect the Pope, are not sufficiently inclusive. Do not be surprised if that happens. That is a document that I fully expect to see emerge here this year, a document, probably from Rome, responding to some alleged pressure from the laity to allow the laity to participate in the conclave that chooses the next Roman pontiff. Do not be surprised if you start seeing whispers of that at these synodal sessions, because while this story is about the U.S. bishops, you can bet this was given out to the Australian bishops, to the various European bishops, to the African bishops. Everybody got this. They want more input. Because they're trying desperately to sell synodality to you and to me. And they are not going to be successful because most of us, most of the lady don't actually care that much. And those of us who do seem to be a little suspicious of what's going on. And it's why you're going to see handpicked laity. Again, you notice this is diocesan level. This is not happening at your parish. It's diocesan level. Meaning the most influential people in the diocese are going to handpick the laity who participate. If you've got a good bishop you may have a better outcome than if you've got a middling or bad bishop. But I'm curious what you have to say about this. Are you planning to try to uh, get involved in this process, to participate and actually be a voice of reason in this synodal process? Let me know what your thoughts on all of this are in the comments, please. And hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.